up, everyone? Hopefully this day is serving all y'all well. In this episode of the Side Hustler Society podcast, we are actually going to be talking about freelancing. I think that this topic could not have come more on time because like it or not, we're heading towards a recession. In fact, uh, some people are saying we're already in a recession. Of course, the economists don't want to use that word because they don't want people to freak out. And I guess understandably so. But if you look at the reality of the situation, when we look at inflation, when we look at gas prices still not where they're supposed to be, it pretty much spells recession. And one of the best defenses against the recession is actually to have a side hustle, which is probably why y'all listening to uh, this podcast, but specifically having the ability to be a freelancer. Now, you might be wondering, are they the same thing? Not necessarily, because uh, someone can have a side hustle doing uh, something like uh, Uber Eats or DoorDash, and that is a legitimate side hustle, but it's not freelancing because you don't have control of all the variables. Regardless of if a recession is coming down the pipeline or if the economy is booming, it's always good to have the freelancing skill set in your backyard because it's going to help you just be more confident in terms of making more money because it's a way that you can use to print money for yourself as long as you have a trade or a skill. So that's what we're going to focus on in this video slash podcast. I'm going to give you all 10 tips on how to be successful freelancing. And we'll also cover in a little more detail exactly what that is. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Side Hustler Society podcast with your host, Elijah Bilal. This is where you can find out more about hustles that are best for you. And of course, make more money in the process. Elijah has been in the gig economy and freelance space for over five years and has done over 3,000 deliveries on Uber Eats. He's an Airbnb super host, runs multiple YouTube channels, and is the author of the best-selling book, The Anatomy of Financial Success. It's his mission to empower people with the tools needed to be successful. Now, welcome your host, the king of side hustles, Elijah Bilal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode by the Side Hustler Society podcast. I am your host, Elijah, the king of side hustles. When it comes to freelancing, throughout the years, on a monthly basis, depending on if I'm doing it part-time or full-time, my income would range between about $500 per month to $4,000 per month. And it would get closer to $4,000 if I was doing it full-time. Of course, y'all do know, as uh, being the king of side hustles, I always have other stuff going on, like... Uh, obviously writing the anatomy of financial success, uh, doing a freelancing thing, you know, Uber Eats. So take that with a grain of salt. But anytime I focus directly on uh, freelancing, it was always close to around $4,000 a month. And that was when I was still fairly average in terms of freelancing before I got my feet like real wet and established myself in the industry, if that makes any sense. Because by trade, I'm a video editor and I also design websites. That's the skill set I bring in terms of freelancing, but there are some universal attributes when it comes to just the art of freelancing that can be applied to any trade or service that you offer. They can help push you towards that higher tier. In fact, if I'm going to be completely honest, doing freelancing full time now, I could easily push it to around six to seven thousand dollars per month simply because I have the ability to get the right type of clientele that's willing to pay that. 
And I'm going to share some of that insight in this podcast today. But I've never really been the person to use the stereotypical platforms that most people use, like uh, Fiverr or Upwork. Now, don't get me wrong. Those uh, platforms are great, and I've used them a lot as a customer, but I have not actually uh, used them as a contractor because I personally uh, didn't really feel a need to. I know the basics and tricks of the trade when it comes to freelancing that can be uh, used to build your clientele up, to get referrals, to maximize your money without using these platforms. I'm not saying you shouldn't use them. I mean, like, by all means, use all tools at your disposal. But I highly recommend that you don't over rely on them because some people call themselves freelancers and they get all their activity from these sites. And if we're going to be honest, they have a very similar situation to Uber and Lyft where like if something happens or like there's a policy violation or whatever, uh, you can just get kicked off the platform. And if you get kicked off the platform, your whole stream of leads when it comes to your trade just vanished. In fact, uh, Fiverr in particular, they very, very, very much frown on you taking business off their platform if you have an established relationship with a client. So if you've ordered from, and I can speak to this as a customer, but I have several people I've ordered on Fiverr from multiple times, but uh, we can never take that relationship off of Fiverr because it may compromise them being able to use Fiverr. So if, for, for instance, let's say if they wanted to redirect me to their website and then we can just do business direct, which would be uh, cheaper for me and better for the freelancer because Fiverr is not taking the cut. Uh, if they find out, they'll give you the boot off the platform. Uh, by boot, I'm talking about the freelancer. I personally don't feel that that's right. But this isn't a Fiverr or Upwork rant. I just say use it as a tool. But uh, with that being said, that's why I think it's very critical to learn the basics of freelancing so you don't over rely on these platforms or even have to use them at all, to be honest. So without hesitating any further, we're going to get into these 10 tips that will help you become a better freelancer, which will in turn help you make more money with your trade or skill. And that's the best thing that you can have in your pocket when it comes to battling a recession. Keep in mind that there are certain other things like your spending and budgeting, but we're going to leave that to my financial anatomy YouTube channel. We're going to focus on making money here. So tip number one is to actually find your trade or skill. So there are several things out there that you can do. I mean, you can be a video editor, you can be a website designer, which those were my freelance trades. I shouldn't say was because I still do it for clients. I mean, there's uh, if you're more of an offline person, there's mowing lawns, there's plumbing, there's being an electrician. I'm just throwing things out there that may kind of catch your ear on things you can do. Swing it back online. If you have skills editing, there are plenty of authors coming out that are self-publishing and they love to break you off some money to edit their book. Graphic designing. I could just go on. The list goes on. But you need to pick a trade or skill based on your individual skill sets. And this is where some self-awareness actually comes into play. Now, when I say self-awareness on uh, YouTube, I'm actually gonna give a, a small visual demonstration just so uh, people can kind of follow along. But there are six attributes that uh, make up the art of uh, making money or increasing your cash flow based on your talents or skills. So if y'all can give me a brief moment, we're actually going to pull that up on YouTube. Now, what we have in front of us are the six attributes that I uh, talked about. 
Now, this is part of a personality report that I'm going to go into detail about later. But for now, let's go into these uh, attributes. We have boldness. That's uh, basically what is your level of uh, acceptance when it comes to dangerous activities? Like if you have a high level of boldness, then you're willing to do risky things for money. The best example I can think of this is actually something I saw recently. So literally just yesterday, I went to a class where they teach you how to do tricks on this uh, pole like they do like in the circus. And the instructors go detail into how to do this and how to do that. And um, if you watch the instructors, and I, didn't have, I don't have any footage of them, unfortunately. And you can see me doing it on the screen. But imagine being one of those instructors that have to do this on a daily basis, quite literally. Well, that requires them to be somewhat bold because it is dangerous i know they have safety precautions but you know what if they fail obviously these people have a high level of boldness moving on we got uh sociality so that's how social you are and how you can use that to make money the stereotypical example of this is sales are you good at sales are you bad at sales keep in mind that this can be learned but that's just the example we're giving right here going down we have technology and y'all can ignore the stars because that's talking about the personality report we're not going to go there right now but technology what is your ability to use technology to make money and how comfortable do you feel using technology when it comes to increasing your income i gave a bunch of examples when i was talking about finding your trade video editing graphic design just uh, perfect examples of uh, that what is your attention to detail now the best example of this would be an accountant an accountant has to have some attention to detail same goes for those people that review over like legal contracts to make sure everything lines up for their clients. They got to have some attention to detail and they're monetizing that skill set. Next, we have the creativity. Uh, I'm actually going to double back on another example I gave, which is the graphic design. I think that's the perfect example of creativity. I mean, do I need to go any further? Although there are some offline versions of it, like you could uh, sell art. And last, we have a uh, self-care awareness. This is just another category for how well you value your health and how far you're willing to uh, use your physical body when it comes to uh, making money. So some people can do the manual labor jobs like at Amazon, where it's like heavy, like moving things around at a warehouse. Some people are willing to do that and some people are not. That's just a way of gauging that. So once you, we're gonna actually stop sharing the uh, screen now. And now we're back on the screen of me. Going over those, exactly what are your strengths based on what I just covered? Now, if you literally don't know, which is fine, you can actually head to www.financialanatomy.net and get the personality report for free if you use the code FASUCCESS2022. That will actually get you a questionnaire that you'll need to answer. And based on those questions, it'll tell you which one of the six financial personalities that you have that I talk about in the anatomy of financial success. Once you figure that out, it's going to let you know exactly what those scores are and what are the best freelancing opportunities and side hustles, given your individual strengths and weaknesses. So if you have an interest in doing that, you want to head over to financialanatomy.net and get that financial personality report great starting place for finding out what is going to be the best freelancing route for you we're going to go ahead and move on to the second tip which is be willing to work for free 
Now, I know a lot of people have a problem with this, but if we're going to be honest, this is the only way you're going to get your foot in the door most of the time. I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, especially if you're put in a position where you need to go full-time freelancing, like it's no longer a side hustle where you have like a nine to five and this extra money. You got to go full-time. People don't want to hear this because they want to say, hey, I have bills to pay, but I want you to look at it from the person who is buying perspective. You come, you don't have any experience. You don't have any portfolio, no body of work, no references to give this person about your credibility. On top of that, People are already just kind of skeptical about trying new people to do things anyway. And the only thing that's going to allow you to move in front of someone's cousin or their best friend that they can get to do said project for is to work for free. There's no overskipping this process unless you manage to get some of your friends and family to buy your service and then they can vouch for you, which is actually a good tactic. I do recommend that you let everyone know that you're now a freelancer. And this is what you do as far as your trade. Ask them if they need your services. And if they don't, ask them if they have a friend that might need uh, your services. But beyond that, you're going to have to work for free or at least be willing to. Now, when you do this, a lot of people will take you up on that offer. And you can start building a body of work that you can reference to for future clients. The important thing is when you do work for someone for free, you make sure that uh, you have permission to use their work as a testimonial, or they can be someone that can vouch for you. And once you finish the work, it's only natural to uh, tap them for referrals. Why? Because you just did this work for free. They're going to feel somewhat obliged to do it as long as you did a good job. Now, if you didn't do a good job, then you want to ask for honest feedback on where you can improve. And then for the next client, which will probably be working free, for free again, you want to make those adjustments. In fact, until you have five clients that you can use as references and you have that body of work in your portfolio, I would actually just keep working for free if we're going to be honest, because that's the very minimum that's out here on the marketplace for the most part. Like I said, it might feel mostly strange to do this, but if you want to work for free, you're going to get your foot in the door a lot easier. And just remember it's something temporary. Okay. So we're going to move on to the next tip, which is have a way of uh, getting offline leads. Now I'm going into sales terminology, so we're gonna break that down. A lead is basically someone that's interested in your service or product. In this case, it's gonna be a service since we're talking uh, about freelancing. So now that we've accurately defined what a lead is, we're talking about offline versions of leads. This means that a lot of people wanna just like get all their leads online because it's more comfortable and they can just play around on their computer. I'm not saying don't do that. That's actually covered in the next tip. But you need to have offline leads too. How do you get offline leads? Start getting creative. Go to your city's local chamber of commerce and everyone has a uh, chance to give like a 30 to 60 second pitch on what they do and the value they can bring to uh, said community. You need to be there every single week. And this will be a great opportunity to meet people, but get potential clients, and also just to network and meet other people with uh, services that may complement what you're doing. This is just one example of how you could be using a place for getting offline leads. Moving on to the next tip is basically the polar opposite. Have a way for getting online leads. So there are several forums that you could probably, not forums, but like directories that you could probably join in terms of uh, 
hey, I need a graphic designer and you're a graphic designer. So we're going to put you in this directory for anyone that wants to reach out. Fiverr and Upwork and uh, Guru.com and www.freelance.com are technically sources of online leads. They do all the marketing for you, more or less, to a certain degree. I mean, you still got to play around with the platform to actually uh, get your clients, but the clients are all there on that platform. So these are tactics that uh, you could utilize. If uh, your services are less like uh, tech based and um, more based on like being an electrician, a plumber or something like that, you really want to search those online directories. And every now and then you may get a phone call just saying, hey, is this such and such? I found you on this uh, directory. Uh, can you help me do X, Y, Z? That's just an example of some uh, online leads. I'm going to be honest, if you can leverage the platforms like Upwork and Fiverr, I think they're actually great places to start out. Just uh, don't use them exclusively. Be sure you get leads from other places too. Moving on to our fifth tip, it's called network on purpose. So when you're new to the freelancing game, you need to get out there and network on purpose. You should be going to meetups that are very complimentary to meeting the type of people that you want, as well as meetups that are filled with your preferred clientele. Now, who's your preferred clientele? Ideal is anyone who wants to use your services or needs your services. But as your freelance career starts to increase and you get better, you may decide to go solely after the affluent clients. They could pay more for your services. Of course, that's later down the pipeline. But regardless, you need to be networking on purpose, going to these meetups to meet people. Now, the thing is, a lot of people think that I'm meeting someone just to do a transaction. That may happen. That may not. But the point is you're meeting people because they may actually know someone that needs your service. Let me tell you all about a short story that I had with uh, someone who was uh, working in a nonprofit called a uh, Yoga for Change. I met her at this uh, seminar event and uh, she was I didn't know that she was working for that company at this time. Her name was uh, Shiva. And, you know, we exchanged information and uh, we kept in uh, contact. And then the pandemic happened. You know, everyone was forced to do stuff online and Yoga for Change actually had a YouTube channel that they're looking to get more views so that they can get monetized and start bringing some money in. Uh, Shiva knew that I had several YouTube channels, so she tagged me in the question that was posed to the group. And then I said, oh, yeah, I could definitely help you out with that. So we exchanged information. We got on the phone. I told them about our rate, uh, my rates. They paid my rates. Then I uh, changed their channels SEO so that they start getting more views. They applied for YouTube monetization. They got it and boom, they got what they wanted. And I got an extra client because they actually needed uh, more services and they hired me as a general consultant. All that came from just keeping in touch with one person. And it happened because I was networking on purpose. This is what you got to do when you're in a freelance space. To be honest, I think everyone should network on purpose to some degree, but where other people is optional. If you're going to be a freelancer, it's more or less mandatory. So you want to remember that. So we're at the turning point when it comes to these freelancing tips. And those are actually the beginner tips. The first five tips that we're given are very beginner friendly. But these next five are more advanced and they're meant to take you to the next level once you've been more established. But first, we're going to take a quick commercial break. So don't y'all go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to get into those five tips that will help you take your freelancing career to the next level. Is your fear of personal finance holding you back from going after what you want? What if I told you there was a way to get rid of your insecurities? 
Every person has their own way of making money, budgeting style, and a way of spending money. The key to financial success is the ability to use the right styles for you that ensure success. So, rather than making you focus on avoiding your emotions, this book focuses on empowering them and using them to achieve what you want. Learn how to build and increase the income streams you desire. Understand how to budget your money in a way that you are always moving forward financially. Know how to remove stress from spending money by knowing what works best for your personality. Learn methods to effectively evaluate a financial opportunity within minutes to see if it's right for you. The Anatomy of Financial Success, the key to building financial confidence and destroying financial insecurity by Elijah Below. Buy now, available on paperback and ebook. All right, everyone, we're back from our commercial break. If you do want to get the Anatomy of Financial Success book, just go to www.financialanatomybook.com, and that will take you to where you can go and get the book. And the commercial didn't mention this, but it's also available on audiobook nowadays. Now, swinging back to the freelance tips that's going to take your business to the next level, we're going to go ahead and go into the sixth tip. And I, Man, man, I, I think this is the most important one, if I'm going to be honest. But build a website or a web page. I cannot stress enough how many people I come across that uh, they're some type of freelancer. I'm a photographer. I'm a graphic designer. I'm a video editor. And they don't have a website or web page. It's very hard for me to take you seriously if you don't have a media representation of yourself, which is becoming an industry standard. And no Instagram, Facebook, none of these social medias count as a website. Now, they can be leveraged to extend like your uh, social credibility and also a means of uh, communication, but they are not websites. On top of this, if you piss them off for whatever reason, they can give you the boot off your off their platform and then you'll be left with nothing. A website or web page is critical if you're going to take your freelancing business to the next level. I'm not saying you have to start out with it. I recommend that you do. But uh, if you can't for some reason, I would give myself a time limit of three to six months. Within this time frame, I need to have a website. And I'm going to be honest, but if you want to graduate to these higher tier clients or these uh, contracts that are longer, like these six-month contracts that uh, you're just on retainer as uh, a company's freelancer doing that service, you're not going to get these clients without a website because they're not going to think that you're established. You're going to be risky. You don't have that professional outlook that's going to inspire confidence in them hiring you. I'm not saying you have to build a website yourself. You can outsource this. Go to Fiverr or Upwork.com as a customer and have someone build a site for you. But uh, there are plenty of platforms you can use for this. Uh, Wix is one of them. Squarespace is one of them. You can use WordPress. That is a little more in the intermediate territory. So you probably want to have some experience designing websites. You're going to do WordPress. But uh, if you want some beginner-friendly, Wix, uh, Squarespace, uh, Weebly, those are three platforms that are great to use. And uh, to be honest, if you're just offering like one service, I would actually recommend a web page. A web page is a uh, is what it describes. It's basically just a single page that has all the information a client needs to book your services. Now, I recommend in this uh, place in this web page, you have a FAQ section because you're gonna come across some rebuttals or questions about like how things work. Each time you get a question, update your FAQ section and answer that question. 
what this is doing is it's putting less steps to someone booking your service because they may have a doubt in their mind about a, a question and then they need to contact you in order to answer that question well then they got to find a time to do it which there's a chance some people aren't going to do that and then they contact you and then you answer the question like oh, okay then i'll do it then and you know by all that by the time all that happens you'll probably lose like half the people that would have booked if the question is answered right in front of them they're just oh well my concerns have been alleviated oh here's a place to book they book problem solved and you've got a client so make sure you have an faq section on that web page give an accurate description of your service uh what you provide and just any question that a person may have make sure it's answered on that page i recommend you have a nice smiling uh picture of yourself because uh it gives a very personal touch that you're and this is actually something that a freelancers can use to their advantage that you're a person and not so much just some like lifeless corporation that they're doing business with makes it more personal and it will actually help with referrals we'll talk about that later down the line but yeah with uh corporations they don't have the best rep nowadays so people are actually pretty open to working to working with a uh, freelancer as long as they have the set experience so the key takeaway is to have a website or a web page if you do offer multiple services i would say more than three then a, a website is probably uh the more better way to go and um i've got to mention this but on the web page if you go with a web page make sure you have a professional email on there that they can use to reach out to you and um i would put my phone number too but it, technically it's optional but if you have a phone number you are going to get more clients a lot of people uh, prefer to just talk to someone on the phone about what kind of questions they have so if you're serious about this i would uh, put my phone number on there it doesn't have to be a personal number you can get a a business number on google voice and that can be used just for business if you don't want to get a personal number but i would have it on there moving on to the uh, seventh tip we have meet others in your trade so if you're a video editor you should know other video editors if you're a photographer you should know other photographers if you cut lawns you should know other people that cut lawns if you're a plumber you should know more uh, other plumbers you kind of get the trend right there's a few reasons for this uh one uh every freelance space has their own community and you need to be involved in it what if something changes in your industry you want a heads up about that and people are always chatting about it there are online forums that are set up for people with specific skill sets like plumbers electricians like facebook groups that's another way of uh, doing this but the bigger reason why you want to do this well i'm gonna give y'all two reasons so be grateful for these two. First one if you get swamped with business you need to start planning for success one thing that uh i took away from robert kiyosaki's uh cash flow quadrant book in fact it's on the For those y'all that are seeing this on YouTube, here it is, Rob Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant. A freelancer is pretty much in the S quadrant. And one thing he said is, in this quadrant, being successful can be even worse than failing. And the reason he gave is, if you're over swamped with orders, like you're just, your life is gonna be work. You're not gonna have time to do anything. That's technically success here, but this is what he meant by it could be worse than failing. 
So you need to have a peak of how many clients you can handle. And when it exceeds that peak, then you want to have people to send your clients to replicable sources that can get their services done. And you should set up, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. This is going to be in a later tip, but I'm going to mention this little part here. Set up a referral program with your fellow freelancers and have them set the same thing up with you. In fact, this can be very advantage driven if you're just starting as a freelancer. So a referral program is they're going to compensate you in some way for sending people their way. Hey, if you send people my way, I'll give you 5% of whatever the close is. Hey, I'll send you 30 bucks for this. Hey, the basics is you're getting compensated in some way for sending them that client and they uh, hire them. What this does is it allows you to one, uh, not have to turn clients away saying, hey, I'm sorry, I'm overbooked. You know, you're on your own. You don't want to do that. You can send them to someone to get their service, uh, to get the issue that they need resolved. Number one. Number two, you kind of establish yourself as that person that you can go to to get the issue addressed, even if you can't personally do it. I guess that's an extension of number one. But uh, the next one is that you can get paid while taking work off of your shoulders. Do I even need to say anything else? Another reason is that you may need someone to talk to from time to time when you encounter some kind of problem. And uh, they may have a creative way that they've used to fix that said problem, but uh, you hadn't thought of it. And vice versa. Let's say if they have a problem, you could probably help them out with it. Easiest example I could think of this is uh, when I was a uh, video editor and it was hard to do like certain things because I wasn't familiar with the software. Had people I could call up that was more familiar like, hey, how do you do XYZ and Adobe Premiere Pro? And uh, they say, oh, you just do this, this, and this. Oh, awesome. Problem solved. So you want to make sure you know other people that have the same trade as you and it is in the uh, freelancing field. Now, this was touched on partially in the last tip, but it still is a tip in itself. This is the eighth tip, which is to make referrals easy. I recommend you have some kind of referral program. I think a lot of freelancers are dropping the ball on this. They just get started and then they just start offering their services. But if you incentivize people to actually send people your way, uh, I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. They're going to do it. Seriously. If they're incentivized to, and people in general like to run their mouths about good things, so as long as you're good at your trade, you're probably going to come up in the conversation anyway. If you just give them that extra nudge just to keep talking about you, then guess what? You find yourself getting called or whatever form of uh, contact that you want. You find yourself with leads to uh, get more clients. So these are the best kind of leads when they come to you because that means their interest level was extremely high in uh, hiring you for said service. The key to making a referral program easy is just to make what they're going to get upfront and known. So if uh, probably the easiest thing that you could do, if it's a reoccurring service, just offer some kind of discount on the client's next service. Like, hey, if you're a fur friend, you get a 5% discount on uh, your next uh, deal with me. That's the easiest way. You could do like a cash referral system, like $5, $10, You could offer a cash referral system, like $5, $10, I'll make sure that that's predicated upon like a sale actually going through. So uh, if you're a consultant, for instance, 
and you charge 125 per hour and someone refers someone to you you send them an extra 10 or 15 dollars that's not all that bad because you're making like 110 dollars and you're sending them like 15 dollars of it so you're incentivizing uh, people to send people your way just make the referral system easy on their side so they can see what they're going to get from it you tune into everyone's uh, favorite network WIIFM what's in it for me and they're going to send people your way in fact this kind of piggybacks off of tip number six which is to have a website a web page because if you have this set up a person has something that they can share with their friend about you see people tend to not want to have to sell you to them because that's tiring in people's eyes like they may talk about your service to friend x oh well how much do they charge uh, what's their refund policy how about this and how about that and they didn't it's like i didn't sign up for all these questions you know, whatever just i'm, I'm just going to stop but if there's a web page they can send them to oh just check out their web page they check out the web page before you know it they contact you like hey uh my friend told me about you and i'm interested and i'm hiring you to uh, audit my records as an accountant or something like that web page goes a long way and it's a great uh combined tip with tip number eight which is making referrals easy see this is the stuff that takes you to the next level and it keeps you swamped around the clock you can handle as many clients as you can and then outsource the ones that you can't handle to someone else and get a referral fee off of it you see how the monies are starting to stack up can someone say i'm a hustler baby man forget side we just on the hustlers podcast right now of course all these tactics can be used as a side hustle if you want to do these part-time <laughs> all right moving on we have the ninth tip which is to keep accurate records and this is primarily for your taxes because if you don't keep accurate records on what you're spending on in terms of uh, your freelancing income you're going to give a bigger check to uncle sam than they probably deserve think of your freelancing career as a business because that's basically what it is and businesses have things that they can write off in fact i'm going to put my uh, microphone in front of the camera so y'all can see on youtube for those y'all that are listening on the podcast it's a blue yeti microphone and uh, it costs a little over a hundred dollars this is something that can be written off as long as i keep the receipt give it to my tax advisor at the end of the year and they filed uh when they filed my taxes i get a deduction off of it and for those of y'all that are going to do it yourself the uh, turbo tax route you can uh as long as you have your receipt you can uh file that too now i do recommend that you hire a tax professional because they know a lot of stuff that you're not going to know like when you're an employee it doesn't really matter all that much if you have a tax advisor because you don't have that many deductions that you can take advantage of with that income obviously if you are in a house and uh you're paying the mortgage and there's interest you might be able to write off now i'm not a tax advisor so look into this stuff yourself for entertainment purposes only in fact uh shout out to the fin the financial rebel the finance rebel i mean uh kamari ellis he is a tax advisor i recommend y'all let's uh, check him out but um when you're a freelancer you have a lot more leverage when it comes to taxes because there's certain things that the government does to incentivize people starting more small businesses the economy needs it and those jewels are hidden away in the tax code which you haven't studied and mastered but the tax professional has so i just mentioned like deductions but to be honest that's simple stuff 
there's things where if you've been in business for X amount of years, then you can get a write-off based on this or or the opposite. If you just got into business, you can get a write-off because of this. Like These are things in the tax code that you're just not going to know because you didn't study this stuff. So just go ahead and pay a tax advisor you know, their fee so they can get you uh, more uh, deductions and in turn save you uh, more money. But keeping accurate records, how can you do this? I personally use something called a stride. This is an app that I use to uh, take a picture of all my receipts. So I have that digital footprint and um, it's worked out pretty, uh, pretty smoothly. I've used it for about five and a half years. Very convenient. You can just use your phone, take the picture. And then when tax time comes, they give you a report with all your deductions and also all your pictures. It's uh, well organized so that you can either do it yourself or give it to your tax uh, tax professional. Uh, QuickBooks Self-Employed is another good one. Uh, that does cost something. But uh, if, if we're going with the theme, you could uh, technically write the cost of that off too. But yeah, Stride, QuickBooks uh, Self-Employed, and there are other ones uh, out there. Just have some means of uh, keeping accurate records. I don't recommend you do it by hand and paper. You could, but I mean, like, th this is the 2000s without living in the Stone Age. So I recommend you use one of those two means or find some other digital means of uh, keeping accurate uh, records. Plus, if we're going to be honest, the more accurate records you keep, the better business you can run anyway. So our 10th and final tip might be the most important to some, but it's to not forget about your retirement. So when you become uh, self-employed or you enter the freelancing space, a lot of people tend to just, they enter this hustle mode where like they live in the now, but they don't actually plan for things too long-term. Believe it or not, it's actually hard to get a freelancers thinking about investing or thinking about retirement in general. Uh, don't be one of them. Make sure you start planning for retirement. And in particular, there's a video on financial anatomy, and it'll be linked in the show notes where I talk about what a SEP IRA is. It's specifically meant for people who are self-employed, and it has greater tax advantages that you can leverage than your traditional IRA. This includes being able to contribute up to 25% of your income or $61,000 at the time of this recording in 2022 to a SEP IRA on an annual basis that's a great advantage and uh if you follow the advice about the stock market on financial anatomy that's a, a powerhouse now i'm going to say i'm not a financial advisor entertainment purposes only but the point is that you start thinking about this stuff and you put together some kind of strategy where on a weekly or monthly basis you're putting you're putting money away inside uh your retirement account now step ira is just one instance that's solo 401ks is a Roth IRAs. Like, we're not going to turn this into a financial anatomy podcast. But this needs to be on your mind because you need to start planning long term. Just even if you don't plan on staying as a freelancer that long, let's say, oh, I'm going to do this while I'm in between jobs. You, you don't know what the future holds. And it's not going to hurt you to plan for this type of stuff. So make sure you have your retirement plan in here somewhere. I will say that maybe for the first three to six months, you can focus on just like building your freelance skills up, getting everything kind of structured, ironed out. But once you reach that, st that spot where everything is kind of stable, I would hop on this as soon as possible. The easiest way to a plan for retirement is to just have money taken out of your account 
on a weekly or monthly basis, some kind of consistent basis and make investing in retirement as automatic as possible. That's the most simple way to do it. And like I said, um, I will link to my retirement uh, accounts playlist on financial anatomy if you want to know more about those. But just make sure it's in your overall game plan. But with that 10 tip being covered, we have actually reached the 10 tips that will help you succeed as a freelancer. This podcast was a tad bit different because it's kind of like the next level of a side hustle. Because a side hustle could be like, you know, Uber, it could be a Lyft, it could be an Airbnb, it could be a something that may not require you to do like the marketing and uh, building clientele, stuff like this, but uh, a freelancer requires all that. So it's like the next level of uh, side hustling or hustling. But that does it for this podcast and this uh, video on YouTube. If you found value in the podcast, I would encourage you to leave a review if you're listening on uh, iTunes. And if you're listening on uh, YouTube, give this video a thumbs up. It's greatly appreciated. Helps with that YouTube algorithm and subscribe on the YouTube uh, channel. You can be notified when the next podcast actually drops. Like I said in the beginning, a recession is coming. And the best way to prepare for it is to have as many ways under your belt on how to make money. But there's a central theme that's going to be combining all these ways of making money. And it's the skill set of uh, freelancing in a lot of cases. Yes, there's ways of building passive income. But if you have a way of printing money with your own skill sets, that's just invaluable. And to be honest, it's the quickest way to make money if uh, you start to get broke or if you lose your job or something like that, or if you need to just make more money in general. Like starting a YouTube channel isn't the fastest way to make more money. Like a lot of people want that to be the case, but it's not. And a lot of other things aren't the fastest ways either. Freelancing is always going to be that fast way because you basically keep all the money for yourself and you can determine your own rates. You're not going to be able to beat that. In fact, uh, just throwing a bonus tip out there, I will say this. When freelancing, whatever your trade or skill is, you need to have a awareness of what your price points are going to be. So you need to know what's the top tier of what people are paying for your service. What's the uh, minimum that people tend to charge for that? And you should probably start towards the bottom, to be honest. But as your skills improve, you can start to uh, build your way up in terms of your rates. So we're going to go ahead and end this episode of the podcast. I will catch you in the next one. Be safe, be profitable, everyone. This episode may be over, but your hustling journey has just started. Visit the SideHustleSociety.com to access all links and resources mentioned in the show that will help you on your hustler's journey.